Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. The Ravens have to be really nervous about if he gets injured, is he going to come back? We saw that already. Do you extend him out another year? I think at the end of the day, they either want to do a long term or they want to trade him. I think those are the two things. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, back from Calgary with a nice yep. haircut. Both of us got, got haircuts, so we're, we're yeah. doing well here I on the show. I found some barber here in Vegas. I went in, got myself tightened up. It was good. Yeah, it was I good. Did, good, 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 good trip in Calgary. Met some incredibly nice people. It was a great conference, and... I mean, I was in the, I don't know, it was in the mountains of the Canadian Rockies. It was absolutely gorgeous up there and uh, got to come back here. So, and it's all good. You know, it's really good. I was actually happy. I was able to see my man, Mad Dog Russo, take a shot at your boy, (laughs) which was very enjoyable to me. Yeah, if we're going to talk about quarterbacks and you don't have Montana in the top five, end of discussion. Way to go, Mad Dog. You could win the debate team. Let's keep it going. Let's roll in. I can't wait. You know, it's driving me insane. Mm. I I don't ever watch the world worldwide leader but for yesterday it was on in the barbershop that i was getting my 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 the three hairs that i have on my head trimmed you know <laughs> and more so, credit yeah and so and so uh, uh you know i'm watching it and this this it, unbelievable praise for every player like like at some point if you want to have credibility in the valuations mm-hmm. you've got to be able to say here's a here's b and here's why it could work here's why it couldn't here's the concerns like you can't i mean i can remember one time belichick's first year and i was doing contracts and he said to me you know at some point michael you're going to have to understand that you can't be the player's friends mm-hmm. you know and when you're an evaluator you can't be the player's friends you're going to have to. And so for if you're on the worldwide leader and you're RG3 extolling the virtues of quarterbacks up there, right, of which that's a whole other story. We could do a 30 for 34 his draft class and all those stories that you could come from that. Hmm. We'll keep that secret for a while. Yep. OK, so so that the reality of that 
you know, and then at some point you got to say, here's the concern. And then what everybody misses is they never describe what would the player look good in. Like, what, what are we going to do with the player? It, this goes for scouts, too. They write their report, strong arm, can deliver the ball. But they never tell you because they don't know. They don't study the NFL well enough to know, like, this player would be perfect for this. Like, they're not all perfect for everything. Like, yeah. this is, we're not dealing in the Peyton Manning draft. You know, we're not dealing with John Elway here, right? Like, seriously. So that's what drives me crazy. Who were they talking about in particular? They were talking about C.J. Stroud. Then they went on to, you know, Anthony Richardson. Then they went on to Bright. You know, like, like look, all of them have unique skills, right? Mm-hmm. Will Levis, you know, all of them have unique skills. But all of them are not going to become great. Like, let's be, let's be clear here. Yeah. The, the reality, you know, the, the greatest quarterback draft of all was the 83-83 uh, draft mm-hmm. when it was, you know, Elway went, Ken O'Brien, he didn't make it, you know, like, and Marino went last in that draft. And so, you know, like, you go through all those quarterbacks. Todd Blackledge went in the top 10. Like, at some point, I know you don't want to offend anybody, but you got to say, hey, here's the concern about C.J. Stroud. He never calls the play. He looks to the sideline. He never has to check. It's high-low reads. Okay, you're going to have to, t- and you go through the whole thing. So you understand what you're getting when you get them. I think that's really great analysis. And that leads us right into our discussion about the Ohio State Pro Day yesterday. I mean, it's the Pro Day of all Pro Days. I was was looking at the the list. Jim Nagy, the executive director over at the Senior Bowl, he tweeted out the representation numbers of the teams. Carolina Panthers, number one overall pick. They had 14 representatives from the Panthers. That's way too many. I mean, like, see, to me, (laughs) the more more people involved, the bigger chance you have to make a bad decision. Mm. Like, you should have two people there. Because really, at the end of the day, you don't need, like, they're not involved in the decision. Like, you have way too many people involved in the most important decision. And it's funny because Jim Nagy, in his tweet, he said that more than two to three reps at pro days is unusual. So he's kind of in line with what you're saying, that like where typically we see two, three people from the team go and check out the pro day. 14, we saw the Giants with nine, the Seahawks and Saints had eight. So, And, and then they're obviously looking at other prospects as Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know there's a tackle that the Ohio State Buckeyes have. They have, always have a number of prospects because they're a really good team. But what do you think is the reasoning behind having that many people at the Pro Day, especially for Carolina, who's picking first overall? Well, they're trying to get collaboration. They're trying to get buy-in. They want everybody to agree. And we should cue the Ryan Pace in the Bears draft room. Mm-hmm. You know, we've decided to move up. Everybody in the room agrees. Mitchell Trubisky's the best guy. Let's have a raise. And they all agreed. And it goes back to if we're all thinking alike, no one's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the problem with the NFL, especially in scouting, is that they confuse loyalty for devotion. Right? They think if, I, if you tell me what I want to hear, they think you're being loyal to me. If you tell me what I don't want to hear, you're being disloyal. When in reality, if you tell me what I don't want to hear, you're loyal. When you tell me what I want to hear, it's devotion. And it's completely different. And so that's what happens in the draft. So you get all these people thinking alike. And no one sits there and says, well, wait, maybe. We might, like, why wouldn't this work? Like, why wouldn't this work? Yeah. No one asked that question, and this is why we have so many bad mistakes. And so it just goes goes on and on and on. I, I don't understand why you have that many people there. It's ridiculous. It's a lot of folks. I was watching the Pro Day for a little bit here. Actually, when I was in the barbershop chair, because they had the ESPN on yesterday when I was the, at the barbershop. And Stroud, of course, I mean, he's everyone's going to look good 
in the shorts and the t-shirt throwing on air. He's throwing to his guys. He looks fantastic. But I was just looking in the background to see who was there. I saw Pete Carroll next to John Schneider. He was talking with Ryan Day, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. You saw Brian Gutekunst there from the Packers. Like There was a number. It was a who's who affair from around the NFL. And the big takeaway from it was afterwards, the clip that's now surfaced all throughout the Twitter sphere of Josh McCown, the now offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and quarterback CJ Stroud. Or sorry, quarterbacks coach. Yeah, yeah, quarterbacks coach of the the Carolina Panthers. And then he's chatting with CJ Stroud about playing a game of horse, the basketball game, when they get to Charlotte. So here's the clip. I I want you to make out what was said in this clip because everybody has an opinion on what McCown tells Stroud. You know, my hearings ain't worth the shit. I've only got one good ear, but go ahead. I'll give it a best. Boost it up, baby. I think people read way too much into that. I mean, that's just a guy. I mean, Josh McCown's a really good dude. He's yeah. a really good dude. Seems and, like he's and he's dude. just being, you know, when you get the shot, like, like hell of a basketball player is what I've heard as well. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's got great eye hand coordination. So, you know, most quarterbacks do. That's why, you know, you want you know, every time you look for a, who is your quarterback, you, he should be the holder on the extra point team in high school. He should be a great basketball player. Point guard. The high point guard. I mean, those are the traits you want to have. That's part of the quarterback's litany. You know, we had this thing in, in Cleveland where we would basically call them reminders. So like when you go through the reminders on all the quarterbacks you know here remind yourself did he hold on the punt team you know did he did he lead the high school team how many wins did he have in high school you know all those things so i just think josh mccown's just being really good i mean i'm sure he's gonna say the same thing to bryce young later today well and and what it was being said because the audio it's not the greatest because it's i think it's kind of i mean this is not the zabruder film i mean jesus christ but it's being treated like that on on twitter everybody's trying to peel back and people think that he says when you live in charlotte almost implying that hey we're gonna draft you because you live there or whenever you get to charlotte because he's going to do his draft visit. There's a number of things that are being bandied about with that clip there. And the betting markets have reacted. I don't know if they've reacted to the clip or they've reacted to people making bets who then reacted to the clip. But CJ Stroud is now out to minus 400, the favorite, to be the first overall pick. That's around 80%. We've been on this podcast. What do you think is going to happen today when Bryce Young throws? No, look, here's what I do believe. I do believe this is true. I do believe that if everybody who knows Frank Wright wants side, Frank Wright doesn't want little quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So I I think the real debate here is, as I've said earlier, is I do believe the owner sees, sees Bryce Young as a unique player. And... And I believe there is a contingency, much like there was a contingency in the 49ers organization, to try to get Kyle Shanahan off of Mac Jones and on Trey Lance. Mm. And they won. And they eventually got that done. It was interesting. I saw Adam Schefter reported that this this kind of thing. He said that this is similar to the Mac Jones, Trey Lance Lance. thing where Kyle wanted. Now, you know, I got my ass killed because I kept saying Kyle wanted Mac. You're still getting killed for it. People still tweeting that. Adam says it now and it's okay. You know, I said it. It's like the worst thing possible. You know, you're an idiot, Lombardi. Okay, fine. (laughs) I mean, I I have great respect for Adam. Right. And I know he's right. I know he's right. So, uh, you know, so that to me, this is along the same lines. Can, at the, can they as an organization do enough to convince the owner that Young is too small? And mm. and, and what Young will be sensational today. Let's just put that out there. He yeah. will be absolutely sensational. I mean, if there was ever an event for a guy like Young to be great, it's here. And where Young gains a lot of points 
is in all the stuff that happens off the field. Now, this is not to say he's not talented on the field. It's just that he collects a lot of votes off the field with his leadership, with his study, with his knowledge of the game, all those things. I mean, I talked to people that had him in the 15-minute interview, and they were wowed by him. So, Mm. like, let's just hold on. Let's wait and see. And, you know, and I think at the end of the day, I think Scott Federer and Dan Morgan – and Dave Tepper, the owner, and Frank Wright, the four of those people are going to be the ones who make the decision. Because right now, to kind of set the table for this thing, it's it's being, I guess, put out there that, <clears throat> excuse me, Frank Reich wants C.J. Stroud. Tepper, the owner, wants Bryce Young. Yeah, I think Where that's a Fitter little too kind of. Or is I think that that's too a little. Too, I think that's a little too harsh. I think okay. Frank Wright would prefer the bigger one. Okay. Okay, and I think that you know Tepper would prefer the more proven instinctive player let's put it that way okay i'm not sure that i I, and i think scott and dan morgan probably like both players but here's what i do know here's what i do know neither player are the same one's better than the other let's just put that out there like it's not the same like justin herbert's better than tua you can manufacture all your tua love and take your jersey over there (laughs) i know it's underneath that blue shirt you got that's why you wore aqua blue today (laughs) I, i know that but I will say this. I will say that they're not going to be the same. One's going to mm-hmm. be, you know, let's say one could be a 7-0. The other one could be a 62. Who knows? But they're not the same. Who do you think is better? Oh, I think Bryce Young is better. I think there's right. no doubt in my mind Bryce Young's better. And I'm not a – here's why I like Bryce Young. Because I started from the position with Bryce Young that I didn't like him. <clears throat> I think that's the – help. you start with kind of an anger and it. Like, yeah. And then you start watching the tape. See, I think CJ's a little robotic. I think that offense is really hard to manifest itself back into pro. I know I want to take a shot at your boy, Justin Fields. Yeah, here we go. But, but I do think that. I think C.J. Stroud's impressive, but I think Bryce Young is the better player by far. I think he is. a Now, I'm worried about his height. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about that, but he's got in, innate instincts that I love. No, I think that's kind of a great way to frame it because you talked about, I think it was in December, so you say, hey, I didn't know that the sh- small quarterback was back in vogue, but you came around to Bryce Young after watching his tape and being more convinced that he is the guy. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating draft process as his pro day is later today in Tuscaloosa. We're going to take our first break. We'll talk about a proven quarterback on the other side. All right, this is the best time of the year for any sports fan. The college basketball tournament is coming up. Who could get enough hoops? And I'm rooting for Arizona this year. I'm a West Coast guy. I want to see a West Coast team win it. Hasn't been done since 1997. Hopefully the Wildcats can get it done. But regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing's for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at this level. And if you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And right now, our friends over at ZipRecruiter can help you do that. ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. You can try it out, no cost whatsoever. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for your position. Once you review your list of the most qualified candidates, you can easily invite your top choices to apply so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a win team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. All right, we've talked a lot about these draft prospect quarterbacks, and those guys are going to be in the future. We'll see what happens with their careers. But a quarterback that we know is a proven commodity in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, 26-year-old former MVP. Obviously, it's been an interesting offseason, to say the least, for Lamar yeah. Jackson. He's on the non-exclusive franchise tag with the Baltimore Ravens. And I know recently you wrote for VEASAN.com, and others have wrote as well in the media space, about a team that has not been talked about with Lamar Jackson that may be interested in acquiring him. And that's the Indianapolis Colts, who right now pick fourth overall. Why do you think it makes sense for Indianapolis to get into the Lamar sweepstakes and potentially land themselves a bona fide starting quarterback? You know, I, I wrote this and I was reminded of a, of a th principle called Occam's Razor, which is when mm -hmm. two things are similar, take the simplest one. And, and to me, that fits, that principle fits this, this conversation because, look, I, I understand and I don't disagree. You, you ideally would like to get a quarterback and build a team around a rookie contract. I yep. get that. Everybody gets that. I heard Russo tell your boy Danny O that yesterday, <laughs> you know, and, and he was anti-Lamar. And for reasons of which... Again, I'm doing this in the barbershop, so I'm reading. The, I'm 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 looking at the the car. I'm, they had the closed caption oh, on. There you so, go. so and Russo's telling them that, uh, you know, Lamar didn't play well in the preseason in the postseason, which is true. You know, and, and Danny Oso, well, he had seven drops. Okay, yeah, all right. They got behind fourteen to nothing. Well, do you think that bothered Dan Marino? You think that bothered Elway? Like Elway was behind and had a lead to drive. Like, oh, come on, stop with that nonsense, please. Anyway. Uh, all valid points by Russo, but to me, why I think the Colts are the right fit is because they're not going to get one. Mm. They're not going to get a proven player. They have cap room. They have a real. They have a decent team. They do not have a bad team. He would elevate their players to another level. He would make Taylor better. He would make Pittman better. Mm -hmm. He would make their tight ends better. He would make everybody better. And I don't know where they're going to find a solution. You're picking four. You can't get to one. I don't think Nick's going to give up two, right? So you, you can't trade up. And you're going to have to figure out how do you win the AFC South if you don't have one? 
I mean, I like Gardner Minshew, but he's a backup. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think to me, if you're Chris Ballard and you're Jim Irsay and you're sitting there saying, look, you know, we've got 20 million of cap room. We don't have it. We have a young team. We're going to do a good job of drafting. Let's go get ourselves a blue chip player because the draft capital doesn't allow us to get there. They, they have been spoiled by luck, right? No pun intended here, <laughs> right? They've been spoiled by they get the first pick in the draft and there's Peyton Manning waiting for it at their doorstep. Yep. They Manning gets hurt and they bomb completely and they get Andrew Luck. I mean, that that's serendipitous. It's yeah. like the San Antonio Spurs being able to get Robinson and Duncan. You know, it's just yeah. it's serendipitous. You're just fortunate. So you don't have that luck this year. You don't. And so where are you going to get one? Where's your where are you going to get a quarterback? They didn't want Garoppolo. They're, I don't blame him for not being in the Rodgers thing. He doesn't fit for what they want to do. Here you get a 26-year-old quarterback who could come in and run the six-back offense with Steichen runs completely, runs it, and run it. he'll run it better than probably what even Jalen Hurts ran it. I know Philly fans don't get mad at me, but <laughs> Lamar's better than Hurts. Yes. I, I mean, there's, no, there's no debate with that. Like Lamar, Lamar Jackson... I don't know if it's because he's been hurt at the end of the last two seasons, but it feels like he's almost become underrated where people are forgetting how good of a player this guy is. He he wins and he's productive. Now, the interesting part of this, Michael, is that there's a report that came out that representatives who are not certified by the NFLPA have contacted multiple teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. Now, this is where it gets interesting because Lamar, of course, does not have the agent. And they're saying that Lamar is not hell-bent on having a fully guaranteed contract. I'm not sure if you've heard the same or what you have heard as the latest of what Lamar is seeking, but if Lamar doesn't want the fully guaranteed, I feel like that brings more teams into the picture and maybe even makes it trickier for the Ravens to even get rid of him. Maybe the Ravens said, hey, well, if you don't want a fully guaranteed, we want to keep you and we want you to be our quarterback. I think the Ravens are at wit's ends with this. I think that they're, I think the Ravens, I get the sense that the Ravens are not going to say this publicly, but I get the sense that the Ravens are want to want to change. They want to move on. They're tired uh, of the drama. It's, I, it's a Packers Rogers situation. I, I'm not saying it's quite there, but I think they're tired. I don't think he wants to sign back there, mm-hmm. and I think that they're frustrated with the the overall dynamics of the negotiation. And the good thing about it, if you work for the Ravens is the owner Steve Bashotti, he's involved here. So if if he says, "Look, I'm done with Lamar." It's not on you as the general manager. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, okay, uh, we're done with Lamar. That means we may take a giant mother, may I step backwards, and this might be a little bit of a rebuild. You know, there's a great line George Young used to tell all everybody, the former general manager of the New York football giants. He said, guard your, always guard your desk. Meaning don't let somebody take your desk, somebody take your job, you know, and, and when you trade away a guy like Lamar, you could lose your job. Yep. And I think with the owner on your side, you can't. If, If I were, Chris Ballard, I would get on one of Jimmy Ursay's private planes and I would fly down and see Lamar and, and spend time with Lamar. This is a free agent. You can do that. Mm-hmm. And and you you and Shane Steichen, that's all you need. Just two people. If Jim Ursay wants to come along, go ahead. You don't need 14. You don't need 14. You know, you can take a, you can take a Piper Cub down there. You don't need to take a big plane, right? And you can go down there and like, let's talk about building a relationship here together about where we want to go and what's your vision and what's our vision. Because this is a partnership, right? Mm -hmm. The whole guarantee thing, I think, is completely misrepresented. So like I wrote about, if if Lamar would have done the $144 million three-year deal that he reported, Mm -hmm. if that's accurate. 133, yeah. Was it 133? Okay, 133 for three years. 
that you could have easily guaranteed the whole thing because he's going to play for three years. He's going to play for four years. Like he's 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 going to get his money. It's like when the Broncos guaranteed McGlinchey's first year. Well, he's going to get paid. Like you just signed him the signing bonus. Of course, his first year is going to be guaranteed. Like it's just so semantical. I, I think to me, if I were Ballard, I, I I owe it to the organization as the as the protector of the future. I owe it to the organization to fly down and explore this situation. I owe it to go spend time with the mother, spend time with the kid. And I'm not talking about a one minute interview. I'm talking about like, look, let's go out to dinner. Let's let's have a meeting the next day. Let's go out to dinner again. Let's kind of work our way through this if we think we can be compatible. Get to know each other. Right. I owe it to the organization's future to do that because if I don't do my due diligence on that, how do I how do I solve the problems moving forward? And if you're Chris Ballard, I know I was talking with Elliot, our producer. He's a big Colts fan. And we we're talking about it before the show started. There's a lot of urgency for Ballard to make a move because his seat is is pretty hot out there in Indianapolis. And he's working for an owner, Jim Irsay, who wants a quarterback, a, a, an owner, Jim Irsay, who, by the way, if you look at his likes on Twitter, liked a tweet referencing the Colts being a possible destination for Lamar Jackson. So he clearly is in the, hey, we need to find some sort of a bona fide option. We're done with the guys on their back nine and, and the veteran guys. Like we need to find whether it's a young veteran like Lamar or one of these rookies. They're kind of boxed out with the rookies because Carolina made the move up to one. Houston, we believe, is going to take a quarterback at two. So at the best, you're going to get the third best quarterback on your board, or maybe everyone has them ranked differently, but you're going to get the third option, though, is what I'm saying. You, so, and there's no guarantee on that third option. And there's no guarantee. So the, the urgency is there to where, hey, Baltimore, if they want to move on, there's urgency there. And if the Colts want to get a guy, there's urgency that maybe this could be a perfect situation. I think what the Rams have taught us is they, they don't give awards out for the salary, winning the salary cap, right? Bingo. And I think you, your job, if you're Chris Boward, is to protect the cap, but also to win. And, and so even though you don't want to build a team around a, a quarterback that you have to pay a lot, you really don't have an option here. You don't because you're going to have a team, you're going to have a good team with no quarterback, you're going to get fired. That's just fact, you know, and, and so if you win seven or eight games, it's not going to be good enough. Whereas, you know, and, and I know that you look at Minnesota and you see the Minnesota situation and you say, okay, you know, they, they ended up getting Kirk Cousins and it's really destroyed their franchise, but they've won a lot of games. Now they've changed coaches too. I mean, yep. Zimmer was the, was the guy behind trying to get them. I just feel like to me that this deserves to be explored if you're a Baltimore, if you're an Indianapolis Colt, you can't sit there in your office in Indianapolis and say, I'm not interested. If you don't do your, you got to go and get the facts yourself. You got to meet the kid. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, the other thing, I've always wanted to do this in my career and it never happened. I wanted to be a GM of a dome team mm -hmm. because I felt like that gives you a unique advantage because the crowd noise in the dome, if you built a size speed team inside a dome, you could be really disruptive. And I think one of the things that killed the Colts under the Bill Polian administration was they were an undersized team in a dome. So when they went outside, they weren't very effective. I, I wanted to do the opposite, build a size speed team in the dome that could play outside. And I think if you put Lamar inside a dome on perfect conditions <laughs> with his speed and, and quickness and, and acceleration, I, I think you could be deadly. And then you have Steichen. Why did you hire Steichen? Why hire Steichen? I mean, I know why you hired him over the Saturday in the park, but why hire Steichen? I mean, why not pick Martindale if you're just going to be stuck on this program?
Yeah. You know, you hired Steichen because you want to develop a quarterback. Well, who's he developing? Who's he going to develop? You, you're gonna, you, are you going to go all in on Anthony Richardson? I think he's tremendously talented. Do I think it's a proven commodity? No, I don't. No. <laughs> it's like you'd rather risk your job on Lamar Jackson than Anthony Richardson I would. at this point. Uh, the last point here on this conversation that I want to get to, because we talked about it last podcast, how deadlines make deals, and you think that this Rodgers-Jets thing will get done before the draft. What do you think the timeline is like for Lamar? Do you think this was before the draft, or could it happen maybe after the draft? Somebody sent me a, an Instagram message yesterday saying that it, it'll get it, it's a better chance to get done in 2024. 20. No, I mean, if either gets done now or... I mean, next year, if if he doesn't play under a contract, the Ravens have to be really nervous about if he gets injured, is he going to come back? We saw that already. Mm-hmm. And then do you extend him out another year on a one-year deal? Their, their cap is so tied up because of this. They can't really improve their team. I think if I think at the end of the day, you know, they they either want to do a long term or they want to trade him. I think those are the two things. I think if Chris Ballard were to call up Eric DaCosta and say, Eric, I'll give you my fourth pick overall in the draft. That's it. He would say, go fuck yourself, Ballard, and hang up the phone. And then he would go back and think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it. And then call back and say, well, if you you got to throw something else in. Mm-hmm. Because it, he's got to make that decision. Either I extend him or I trade him. It's nearly not that complicated. Yeah. You, you can't really play in this. No, you can't wait for 24, 20. Stuff, you yeah. just can't. It gets too expensive. It's hard to carry. Yeah, and that franchise tag, it's like if you get tagged two years in a row, it's much more punitive to kind of deter teams from doing that to Plus, guys year after year. what are you year. dealing with the player? Maybe he comes in with an attitude that you don't really want yeah. to deal with. I yeah. mean, he, it's not easy. No, it could be the right time for these teams to go their separate ways and turn, turn over a new chapter for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I know for Ravens fans, it probably sounds hard to hear taking a step back, but that's probably what's needed with this Lamar Jackson saga. We'll obviously be keeping tabs on it. But on the other side, as we take a break, we're going to talk about a trade that happened yesterday in the NFL. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast boop take one in the morning it's an easy capsule and that's all you got to do there and what i've noticed i wake up with better energy i'm sharper at work i'm doing all the things that i need to do to get stuff done and because it's really really key since your body is your ecosystem you know your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body and a healthy gut means benefits for digestion skin health heart health your immune system and much more and what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill it's already on the way probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits so seed subscription service easily builds dso1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed trust your gut with seeds dso1 daily symbiotic go to seed.com shuffle and use code 25 shuffle that's 25 shuffle to get 25 percent off your first month 25 percent off your first month of seeds dso1 daily symbiotic at seed.com shuffle code 25 shuffle all right, let's talk about some wide receivers here, Michael, that could be on the move. One that is on the move, but there's another one 
out in the Rocky Mountains that we've heard his yeah. name brought up. And that's Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. Broncos wide receiver, entering into his fourth season. Still very young, 24 years old this upcoming season. And there's been talk about how Judy could be traded. Sean Payton now, the new head coach out there in Denver. It, it, it's, it's not talk. It's, it's not fire. talk. You think, you think that this is happening? No, I mean, they want to do it. I mean, and it goes back to what we talked about with Lamar, Femi. So they've already concluded they don't want a fifth year on Jerry Judy. And I think you as an executive of another team have to figure out why. You watch him play and you say, well, he's really a good player. Good player. But there's got to be something more here that they're so intent on not going to the fifth year on him. And, and it could be they just don't think he's valuable. All right? That's, but the other guy, you could have Cortland Sutton too if you want to take the $14 yeah. million off their hands. Like you could have anybody you want on their team. Because remember, when these teams take over, when new guys come in, especially with someone like Sean who's carrying all the clout, everybody's up for grabs. There's no, there, you know, George Payton has no real, you know, involvement. In fact, you know, I truly believe, and people in the league believe this too, that at the end of this draft, there'll be a lot of changes within the front office of the Denver Broncos. Because that's typically what happens. They're going to get through this, and then Sean's probably going to want to bring somebody in that is more aligned to the Parcellian's background of, of, mm-hmm. of personnel, right? So you, you, know. you think it changed at the top? Oh, I think, I, I think there's going to be well, – I'm not saying Peyton's going to get fired, but I, I'm saying his role is going to be different than his role. It's already different than what it was, right? Yeah. They've stripped him of all the decision-making power. Mm-hmm. So – you know, and he may at the end of the draft say, look, I, this is not what I signed up for. I want out. Okay, I get that. But there's going to be a change. Yep. You know, there could be a change in other teams, too. I, I, you're hearing a lot of that around the league. So uh, especially there's one other team that I think there could be a lot of change in, too. But I, I don't have that confirmed. But okay. to me, I think you could have any of these guys. And a lot of it comes to, we're not just going to give this guy an extension. So that's it. We're going to move on. And if you want him, come get him. I don't want a compensatory three. I'd rather have a draft pick now. Remember, what Sean's trying to do is collect some of the picks that George gave away for Russell. Yep. And so he's kind of get rid of the guys that he doesn't feel like that have value that he could replace. So like, these are guys that he doesn't think will fit into what he wants to accomplish there. Judy, being a young player, we talked about how he's going to be 24 years old. First round pick out of Alabama. Now he's had an up and down career. He wasn't healthy in 2021, only played five games, or rather only played in 10 games, started five games. Uh, He's played in 16 and then 15 games in 2020 and 2022, respectively. Only nine touchdowns in three years for Jerry Judy. You see the talent, especially at the end of last year, he and Russell Wilson seemed to find some sort of a connection there. But what do you think is going to take for another team to come in and get Judy? Are we talking day two pick or could he be had for maybe a day three pick? I don't think a day three pick. But, you know, I mean, it depends on who's in the draft in day three. You know, Sean could see somebody in the fourth round and say, man, I got to have that guy. I'll give you, you know, give give me that pick and something else, you know. Or, you know, I do think it could be a Friday pick, two or three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, look, they don't want to spend, they don't want to guarantee that deal. And remember, after, as he enters his fourth year, they got to they got to make that decision on their books that going into the fifth year. So I think for sure you could get them. They want a one now for him, but you know if you want Cortland Sutton, you come get him. But you got to take fourteen million off their hands. Man, I know Sutton was the one that I figured he was going to be talked about, but Judy was a little surprising. I know Judy was some people have linked him to Dallas as potentially because Dallas that, you was know Dallas guy, just but, went ahead and traded. They, you know they yeah, got they, they got, got cooks, cooks and so yeah. they're they're kind of. 
this whole receiver market, and we saw this yesterday with the trade of Elijah Moore to the Browns, which mm-hmm. I thought was a great trade for the Browns. You know, Elijah Moore's a really good kid. I don't know what the deal is in New York. Everybody that did him coming out in the draft loved him as a human being. I think he is talented. And for them to, to replace him with Mikel Hardiman didn't really make a lot. Mikel can't stay healthy. No. And, you know, the one thing about Hardiman, I never see the re- – you see it – when he finally gets away from people, but you don't feel the speed as a threat like you do with Tyreek Hill. Like you don't sit there and hold your balls and say, oh shit, this guy's going to run right past. It, you know, the physicality I think gets to him. So it, it's interesting how the Jets are. If I were to say to you at the end of the year, the Jets receiving core looked really good, right? Mm-hmm. I, and that they're revamping it. Now, look, I completely agree. I, I did not think Corey Davis was a top 10 pick coming out. Thought John Robinson blew that. I didn't think Corey Davis was a good free agent signing when the Jets signed him. Like, I think Corey Davis has been overpaid and overdrafted. So for them to get rid of him, to me, that makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do that once they get this thing in. It is, uh, but does OBJ make sense for them? I don't know. That's, that's I mean, being reported. I know, but, but Femi, have you watched him work? I don't know if he's healthy. <laughs> I, I mean, I the guy scored 35 touchdowns in his first three years, and he hasn't been the same player since. It sounds like Rodgers might name. want him. I mean, that's. I mean, aren't you kind of at the well, you're mercy all of Rodgers? Yeah, you're all in on that. Yeah. yeah so, so if Rodgers is telling you, "Hey, Joe Douglas," but I don't. I don't know if Rodgers is telling you that. I mean, you got good. You know, the, look, they. We know they hate Denzel Mims too, right? I mean, Salah. They, yeah. they, they they benched him, moved him around. I'm not saying he's good good enough to be a good player either, but I'm just saying they hate him too. So. I I just I found it fascinating that they're revamping the receiving core even before. Like, I don't think this is all linked to Rodgers. I think that's unfair on that. I, I don't think it's all linked to him, but I do think... He, I, I feel like it, it would be weird to say that he didn't have any influence on it. Well, he should have some. I mean, yeah. like, you know, you're going to ask him. I mean, what do you think about the Like, again, it goes back to the conversation we had to start this show. All right? Like, what do we need to make this player effective? Like, you're sitting there with, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's... Justin Herbert, whomever. You got to sit there and say, okay, we've now watched this guy play for 36 games. This is what we need. I mean, Howie Roseman sat there and watched Hurts and said, okay, I need a yards after the catch receiver to give Hurts his best chance. So he goes and gets A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. You know, Lamar, if I sign Lamar, I would want big receivers – I would want big receivers. I would want tight ends in the middle of the field because Lamar's, I want guys with big catch ratios. I don't want little guys that Lamar can't see down the field uh, because he's going to put the ball to a bigger guy. I want catch, I want long catch ratios Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to win the middle of the field because that's where he throws the football. All right. So that's what we're going to start building. That's how we built. That's why I'm sitting there saying when they sit there and talk about, oh, my God, see, they, they go all Dick Vitale. Oh, he's the greatest. Oh, my God. Oh, look at him. Like, no, just tell me what he needs to become a good player. Like, how can we enhance his skill set? Because his skill set isn't Peyton Manning. No, no, that's 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 for sure. Uh, and it's I, I think marrying the skill set with. The type of, I mean, it all goes back to the quarterback position. We talk about how you want to get guys that you can marry to that because that's ultimately how good the team is going to be is how good the quarterback plays. Elijah Moore, he goes over to the New York Jets. We saw McCole Hardman go over to the, uh, he's, well, sorry, McCole's, McCole's on the Jets. Elijah Moore is now in Cleveland. I mixed that up there. Um, as, as, as in terms of Austin Eckler, the running back for wow. the Chargers, 
what do you think happens here? Because he talked about, I think it was on Chris Long's podcast. He said, quote, I'm so underpaid right He's now so underpaid. as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. It's like I'm relentlessly pursuing this. As long as I'm healthy, I'm going to score you another 200 or 20 touchdowns. I'm going to have, you know, another 1600 all purpose yards. I'm getting half my value of what I could be getting. I'm relentlessly pursuing someone who wants me for the long term. How does this thing get resolved here with Eckler? I don't know how it gets. Well, I mean, look, I think it gets resolved. He has to play out the six and one, six point one million as due to him, and then you know the Chargers have to make a decision. You know, to me, he is he is truly one of those players that when you put him on the field, you can substitute without substituting. So what that means is, if he's in the backfield, you can take him and extend him out and make him a receiver like McCaffrey, and all of a sudden you can run your offense with him as the third receiver. You can, you can then take him and make him the running back in the sub. You can then take him and put him in the goal line and win matchup. He's a weapon. Mm-hmm. He's strong. He's physical. He breaks tackles. I mean, he's a great kid. He's everything you want. I mean, he's one of the, you know, and the guy wasn't even drafted. I mean, you know, that, that, that's, and he's only 27 years old, so he's got more, you know, he's, he's got a lot of things he can offer, and he's a great kid. That being said, you know, who's going to pay for it? It depends on what the Chargers want. The Chargers, would they, t- would they take a three for him now and then you sign him? I mean, if I, if I were Chris Ballard and I traded for Lamar Jackson, I would get Eckler to go with Jonathan Taylor. And then all of a sudden, if I could, do, if I could pull that off, I've, you know, I've, got, I've got enough. Who cares about who plays receiver at that point? It's a point? hell of a backfield. But again, you've got you to be able to, to, put that, to put that in play and a coach that understands how to use Eckler most effectively. Do you think we're getting to a point in the league to where people are just kind of glossing over running backs? Because it, it almost feels like where people just see the position running back, well, it's like, well, I don't want to pay him. But like, as you say, if he's a weapon, he's valuable. If he's not a weapon in the passing game, then don't pay him. Eckler's a weapon, and still, it feels like his market is pretty cold as of now. Well, look, let's put this in perspective, right? So last year, think about this, Femi. Last year, he was targeted 127 times. Jeez, that's like wide receiver numbers. <laughs> okay. He had 107 catches. His catch ratio was 84.3%. Wow. Okay. Now, typically for running backs and tight ends, because they're catching the ball in the middle of the field, their catch ratio is typically higher mm-hmm. than wide receivers. You know, Mike Williams was at 50% last year because he's catching it's 50, 50, he's catching 50-50 yeah, balls down basically field. down the field. So when you get those kind of numbers – and you get that kind of yardage on a play. Now, he averaged, you know, yards per game, he averaged 6.3 per catch. But this guy's converting third downs. This guy's scoring touchdowns, you know, and then he can run the football. I mean, he had 13 touchdowns rushing. I mean, this guy is a unique player. And when you drive to the stadium Sunday morning, you're worried about what Eckler's going to do. But what Eckler doesn't do is when he's the main back, when he's the like just like McCaffrey – Eckler, McCaffrey, even Kamara, they are really good luxury items that are enhanced by another player. Mm-hmm. When they're just the main guy, and this is where people don't want to pay them all the time, is because they when they're but when you have a coach like Kyle or Sean Payton that can use these guys as weapons, it, it becomes you take these hundred and seven catches out of this Charger offense with joystick calling plays, who's getting them? Probably a tight end somewhere. Good luck. <laughs> he's going to be easier to cover. Red yeah. zone. This guy in the red zone, he's hard to cover. Who are you matching on him? You know, so to me, he deserves it. 
you, to me, you got to have a, the coach who could fit him in perfectly. I think he's tremendous. I would trade for him. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem paying him either. He's only 27 years old. His first two years in the league, he really didn't have to. He didn't do very much. Like there, was no, there wasn't a whole lot of wear and tear on him the first couple of years, so it's not like a true 27 years old. I think that's the fascinating part about the position because in the draft to kind of tie it back to that before we get out of here. Texas running back Bijan Robinson is talked about as one of the best players in the draft, but his positional value, people are pushing him down the board because it's like, hey, well, after the five years that you get him on the cost control contract, are you going to want to pay him? Yeah, that's always the hard part, you know, and you can and you can get a comparable player in the third round, fourth round. Ramondo Stevenson, really yeah. a good player in the third round. Yeah, there's, there's too many examples. Or fourth of, round. Too many examples of really good running backs being had later on in the draft. Well, that does it for us this week. Monday, we'll recap all the pro day hubbubaloo and everything that comes out of there. All with all these quarterbacks, and then we'll uh, turn our attention to our guy Anthony Richardson. He's, he's gonna have his pro day next week. Buddy. There we go. I can't wait yeah. to be there. Yeah, I'm be looking a, forward to a it. A lot of steam on that one, maybe. A lot of steam on that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Vison. Thank you to our producer Elliot Bowman with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to you, Michael. And we will talk to you guys coming up on Monday. <laughs>